first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I am Benjamin Price, and today we will be talking about Bunked, Stallone, Frank that is. And next, we'll be hearing Callista's interview and review of the new documentary film, Some Kind of Heaven. Hey there, my name is Callista Best, reporting for Kids First, Age 17. And today, I'm here with Lance Oppenheim, the director of Some Kind of Heaven, which is his first feature film. What exactly inspired you to cover the villages in a documentary? And, you know, this is kind of a big thing, considering you are quite young. You are only 24, I believe. So this might seem like a bit of a strange topic for someone of your age to cover. You know, I, 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 I'm from Florida. The Villages is also in Florida. I kind of grew up knowing and hearing about the Villages as this uh, crazy kind of wacky playland for retirees. When I was, you know, when I was probably 12 years old, I had heard about it as, one of the, as a place that had one of the highest STD rates in, out of the entire state. So I, I kind of, you know, had like a ju- more probably a juvenile interest in, in, in the villages when I was much younger. It was only until I left uh, Florida. I went to Boston for college. I was there. Uh, I came back to make a film about a man, a retiree who had exclusively lived on cruise ships for the past 20 years. Um, and around that time, I just started becoming very interested in these ideas of how, you know, kind of older, older, older generations were deciding to sort of escape reality to live in these sort of utopian uh, worlds. And the villages around that same time, I had seen a, an advertisement for it. Uh, a lot of the images in this ad kind of reminded me of the scenes from movies like Blue Velvet or Truman Show. I was fascinated that 120,000 people, uh, which would make the villages one of the fastest growing cities in the country and the, like the largest retirement community in the country, uh, was, was designed to kind of simulate uh, the American yesteryear to bring retirees back to their youth. Um, so being, you know, maybe younger than quite a few of the people who live there, um, I also thought there was kind of a, a kin- we had a kindred spirit in a way because they were trying to get back to more or less their college years, which was exactly the same age I was in when I was making the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I, I found this film quite interesting, and I think, you know, there's um, – because I feel like this is when you hear about it, when you hear like, oh, this is this cool retirement home that, you know, is considered the Disney world of retirees. It's like you kind of have a very specific image. And, you know, um, I just I just found this whole like idea interesting. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but um, why do you think this import- this story is uh, important to share? Well, I mean, there's a few things, right? I think the villages is is become a extremely polarizing subject as its own. When you bring it up, I feel like in the you know kind of the national news. Obviously, the there was a you know a lot of things that had gone on there around the time of the election. It's a very conservative place. It's a very white place. It's about ninety eight point three percent homogeneously you know Caucasian. Um, it's a. It, I think there's a lot of uh, interesting sort of ways you can look at it. My, my the, the angle that the film takes. You know, this isn't an expose of the community by any means. This is a movie that kind of tries to critically engage with the idea of, 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 of retirement, uh, the, the, the vision of retirement that the villages attempts to uh, portray that, that, that they sell. Um, to me, you know, the, the idea of, of being inside of a world that has its own newspaper 
that only prints the good news, that has its own radio station, that only plays the hits from the 50s and the 60s. It's a sort of a self-contained retirement city, not just a retirement home. It's a city the size, uh, it's a little larger now than the size of Manhattan. That was fascinating to me that hundreds of thousands of people were you know, truly just isolating themselves, moving away from their families, moving away from their homes in the North to go and basically start a new life, uh, kind of like Peter Panning themselves back into this you know, kind of weird utopia. So I was interested in exploring this sort of tension of it being a, dyst a, a dystopia, a place that you know, um, you know, was kind of frightening and also a, a utopia, a place that a lot of people, um, you know, find solace in and find engagement in and find uh, fulfillment in. And uh, the film kind of looks at that goal from the perspective of four people who, who don't quite fit into that manicured kind of marketing brochure image of it. In any way, did the filming of this documentary change your views on the villages? Because you mentioned before that you had already known about it before this, before this filming and you are had sort of like it seems like you had a conceived notion based off of everything that you've heard yeah i mean you know i, I feel like I, like the, the the work of being a documentary filmmaker if you if, if you choose if you have a preconceived notion and you do a lot of um you know research and you do your job when you're when you're constantly when you're kind of in pre-production i think that the most important aspect to actually shooting a film and certainly editing one if 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 you let those preconceived notions guide you too much in the construction of the film then you're doing something wrong you know i think you need to be open you need to be kind of um able to let reality sort of uh guide you in a specific way when i first started making this film i, I had no idea that i was going to be making a feature-length movie i thought i was going there to make kind of a maybe something um, a little shorter, you know, little vignettes of what life was like there. I was interested in some of the institutions of the place and how kind of, um, in my mind, I was probably even more critical thinking about it before, about how um, the developer is able to just kind of run this sort of benign dictatorship over everything and run an entire city where every business is more or less run by, you know, this one family that created the villages. Um, you know, over time, I wouldn't say that my my critiques of the villages have softened in any way, but I think my focus, um, I felt less interested in the, um, felt less interested in, 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 in doing something that was so highly critical of something very obvious. I wanted to plumb the existence and kind of ask questions about, um, about how we age and how we ache for love and, 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 and how uh, we still struggle in you know, our final years. And that's okay. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to be a hot mess even until the end. Life sometimes is never figured out and you know, maybe we should make peace with that. Very deep for our last question, but you know, I guess it fits the context. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Lance, for this interview. And I will be seeing you all later. Bye-bye. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Bunked and Stallone, Frank that is. We just finished hearing Callista's interview with director Lance Oppenheim about his new film, Some Kind of Heaven. And now we're going to talk with her a little bit about what she thought of the film. So Callista, what were your general thoughts on Some Kind of Heaven? I thought it was very interesting. Um... I must admit, I'm not really that much of like a documentary person, but I think the topic uh, that this film covers is very interesting. I think it's kind of a unique perspective that, you know, some people may not have considered. And I think the filmmaking was really, really good. The cinematography was fantastic. And overall, it was a very unique experience. 
And uh, before we get to some of the nuts and bolts of the movie itself with the cinematography, can you just explain a little bit about what the movie kind of covers? Mm-hmm. So this film is centered around The Villages, which is a retirement home in Florida, but not any retirement home because this is a very, very massive like home, like it's considered the Disney world for retirees. So it's very lavish, very, you know, just huge. There's so much to do. And as a result, it's kind of got this reputation of, you know, just being like the perfect place to spend your later years in life. Um, And this film is kind of a deconstruction of that. It follows four residents of the villages, uh, Anne, Reggie, Barbara, and Dennis. And they each go, uh, they each have their own the film uh, goes in depth about those struggles and it kind of deals on, you know, how we can't really escape our pain even in our later years. And even, um, you know, if we try running away to a really nice place and distracting ourselves with cool activities like tennis or acting classes. And it sounds very sad, but it's it's just more so kind of melancholy than sad, I would say, or depressing. Talking about sort of the, they call it in the trailer, they call it the, like the Disneyland for old people, uh, the villages. Um, what are some of the aspects in of the villages that you get to see in the movie that you think would like draw someone towards going there? And without giving too much away, what are some of the, the, uh, the darker edges of the movie? Because that's the impression I got from... Um, looking uh, looking up a little bit about it is it's sort of a balance of both yeah well um there are many scenes in the film involving various activities like um like i mentioned before tennis and drama classes are two of the ones that we see in the film but there's like there's like a pool there's all these bars there's like parties going on that you see there's a bunch of stuff to do And, you know, you may think, oh, cool, I get to try out all these different things. I get to, you know, maybe pick up a new hobby or, you know, go go to the pool and relax or anything like that. And, you know, it's kind of um, like an amusement park because there's so much to do. And, and, you know, in a way, amusement parks are sort of a way to kind of distract from our problems and in the hopes that like going to this kind of made up world with all these fun things to do and all these rides to hoping that a vacation to an amusement park will try and make you feel better. And so in a way, the Disneyland comparison is more than just because it's a large, expensive place with a bunch of stuff to do. It's also because it kind of has the feel of an amusement park and what an amusement park hopes to achieve. But of course, that's not exactly entirely possible because, as I mentioned before, even if you try to, you know, isolate yourself in this large place, it's not exactly easy to, you know, completely uh, detach yourself from your personal mental health struggles. And, you know, for example, Barbara, her personal problems is that her husband has died and she's kind of nervous about moving on and dating again. And, you know, no amount of like fun activities is really going to entirely erase that pain. And so that's kind of what this film is trying to deconstruct. It's trying to deconstruct this idea that, you know, nothing it's like this, the, the villages is just this cool place where you can just hang out. And it's like, no, it's, you can't be happy all the time. It sounds like the movie, it's pretty deep into like growing yeah. old um, and mm-hmm. everything that comes with that. What about that? Uh, what about those themes resonated most with you? I think the 
themes are very interesting because you know we're 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 young we're <laughs> and this film is centered around el- elderly people and you know i think it has a lot to do with the ideas surrounding death and the ideas surrounding growing old because a lot of people are afraid of that but of course it's natural you can't really stop it i mean we haven't invent we haven't invented immortality yet but you know that's just kind of a natural part of life is is girl is growing old is experiencing death um is experiencing pain is experience um you know all these all these mental health issues and i think this film is trying to let, let people know it doesn't matter how old you are your pain is valid and it is okay to not be happy all the time. Um, and finally, what age rating and star rating would you give some kind of heaven? I would give it three out of five stars and would recommend it for ages 12 to 18. This is a much deeper film. It's not exactly a fun film, even though it does have bits of comedy. So I would recommend it for older audiences. Well, uh, thank you so much for talking to me today. The, the, genuinely, this movie sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. I'm Benjamin Price. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Let's take a break. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Color Forms City. Meet Charlie. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Some Kind of Heaven, a new documentary film about the villages, a giant retirement community. And next, we'll be talking with, hearing Carly's interview with the cat, two actors from Bumped. 
Miranda May and Peyton List. Hi, I'm Carly Spagnuolo with Kids First. Today I'm here with a season five cast member, Miranda May from Disney's Bunked and special guest, Peyton List. Miranda May is known for the Heartbreak Kid, ER, and Samantha Who. She returns to Bunked to play everyone's favorite camp director, Lou. Peyton List is known for Jesse, both seasons one through three, and Cobra Kai. Her character, Emma, returns as a special guest to Camp Kiki Waka for some needed support from her camp friends. Welcome, Miranda and Peyton. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, So I'm a big fan of the show. So, Miranda, your character, Lou, has been on Bunk since season one. How has she changed over the years? Um, I think Lou has changed a lot over the years. Um, when we met her, she was this, you know, teenager that was just having fun at camp, which I think she still does have fun. But we've definitely over each season seen her grow into being an adult. Um, she took on a little bit more responsibility every season, I feel like. And even if that wasn't necessarily in now she owns the camp, which I think is a huge responsibility, but even just coming into being an older teen, like with Emma and seeing their friendship evolve and watching her be a supportive friend was important and learning how to be a supportive friend. Um, And then watching her come into that ownership role and balancing that with college. She's now a college student and we see her in college alongside owning this camp. So um, I think we've seen her evolve so much and uh, I'm proud of, I'm proud of her uh, to know where she was when we first met her to see where she is now. I think it's an awesome journey and uh, very female empowered. (laughs) Yes. I've been watching since season one. So it was fun to see them all like grow and take responsibility. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You spent a lot of the years playing Emma. How did you feel when you were asked to come back and play her? Oh, I was so excited. I was like, sign me up. I'll be there. When? When? I I will always love, I have such a love for that character and for everyone that's a part of it. So um, I was so excited. Yeah, I was really excited to hear her come back. Oh. <laughs> Miranda, what's your favorite thing about playing Lou and how do you relate to her? Oh my gosh, my favorite thing about playing Lou is just how fun she is. I mean, she's in this adult role of like taking care of all these kids, but like she's also the one like causing the antics 90% of the time. And I love that about her. Um, But I also, I relate to her so much because of her country background. I'm from the country and um, it makes me happy to have that within the show. because I obviously live in the city here. And so to have that little piece mm-hmm. uh, makes me happy. And she, we're different in a lot of ways, but we're similar in a lot of ways. Um, she tries to be as positive as she can all the time. And I try to be too, but she's a little better at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just love how sweet she is. I love that she doesn't, you know, meet anybody and make them feel like they're not good enough. Everybody she meets, yeah. I feel like she meets them. And you just feel like she's going to be my friend and she loves me for who I am. And I love that so much about her. Yeah, she has that bubbly personality that, like, everyone's just drawn to right away. Yeah. I love her about her. <laughs> so, Peyton, your character, your character Emma really enjoys fashion. What role does fashion play in your life? Mm. It's, it's funny. I think that because I was 12 when I started playing Emma, I really, yeah, I liked clothes. And I grew up in New York. And, like, my mom was super into fashion and everything else. But mm-hmm. I think by playing the character, it really influenced my love for, for fashion and for, for clothing, because I loved getting to play dress up and, um, and play in Emma's closet because 
every week we would have these hours and hours long of just getting to play around with clothes. And I also I would get out of school during that time. So I think I really enjoyed getting to go. And I learned so, I mean, the women that work in the wardrobe department, there's so much more to it. Um, you really can tell a lot about a person from the way they're dressed. And I think I learned yeah. how to express myself um, through it. And I feel like I've gone through a lot of different awkward stages of trying on different personalities and different people and whatever else. And I think it's, it's really fun to transform into a character though. I, so I, I, I love fashion. Yeah. I like fashion too. I'll like get dressed up and like go nowhere just because oh. it's fun. <laughs> oh yeah. I feel like during we have like the costume zooms where you just dress up for and, and just pull out your costume box. And like, it really does. It, it's helping get, I think everyone get through this. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about Fra- Stallone, Frank that is, and a few segments back, we heard about the new documentary, Some Kind of Heaven. And right now, we're going to continue hearing Carly's interview with Miranda May and Peyton List on Bunked. So, Miranda, what was your favorite episode from this season? Season five? Yeah. Like filming. Well, so far, I mean, we haven't finished it. We're uh, still shooting season five right now. Um, But probably Emma coming back would be my favorite. I mean, it was cool to finally have pay back because for the first three seasons, I mean, we were always with each other. Like always. If we were at work, you were going to find us in one of the other's dressing room. (laughs) If they were like, you guys can go home. We're like, all right, we're going to go to her house and we'll see you guys. <laughs> we'll be like 10 minutes late probably because we have to go get our breakfast. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that having her back and Emma and seeing Emma be back for Lou um, was so fun. And so that's probably my favorite episode that we've shot so far. Um, and I think it will probably be most of the fans' favorite episodes because it's just cool. We're so attached to these characters. Yeah, I, I love that episode. I was like so happy that Emma came back and their relationship was just so good. So, so um, Peyton, what lessons do you think kids will learn from Emma in this season premiere? I think they'll learn you don't have to put up a front with your true friends. You know, you don't have to put on this facade like you're doing great and everything's amazing all the time. Like friends are there for you no matter what you're going through. I think, you know, Lou has always been that rock for Emma. So for her to feel like she has to, you know, act like she's doing so great and life is really going her way like it always has. It's just, you know, you can, you should be honest with your friends about what you're going through and, and that's what they're there for. So I think, I hope that kids take that away. You know, I don't have to put on anything, but the, people that yeah. love me, that's what they're there for. Yeah, I totally agree with that message. Like, friends should just, like, be there no matter what, like, you're going through. You don't have to, like, hide. Yeah, because not everything's perfect all the time. Like, we're all struggling with something. Yeah, exactly. So, Miranda, Lou enjoys the outdoors and animals. Do you also enjoy the outdoors, and do you have any pets? Oh, um, I do love the outdoors because I grew up in the country. I grew up outside most of the time. Like, we rode four-wheelers. I showed horses. Um, my grandpa owns a farm and my brother showed steer at 4-H and like we were like literally so country and always outside. Um, and I do have a new puppy. His name is Teddy um, mm-hmm. and he's so sweet. 
Um, and I have another dog that's with my family in Ohio and his name is Bentley and he's very cute too, but, um, Oh my gosh. I also have a dog named Bentley. What? Yeah. He's a Havanese. What, what kind? Havanese. Oh, cool. He's a little like Morky. Aww. Um, but yeah. And I really want to get horses again one day. I think that'd be so fun to just have a farm again and, and have some horses to ride around. I'm fighting for us to have a horse in an episode just for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for talking with me today. I'm so excited to watch more Bunked. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Good questions, by the way. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Carly Spagnolo with Kids First. Thanks so much to Miranda May and Peyton List for talking with me today about Bunked Season 5. Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Color Forms City. Meet Charlie. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Some Kind of Heaven, a new documentary film about a giant retirement community called The Villages. And we just finished hearing Carly's interview with Miranda May and Peyton List of Bumped. Right now, we're going to hear another interview from Carly with new cast members. To be specific, Preston Oliver, Kylie Coran, and Elle Graham. Hi, I'm Carly with Kids First. Today, I'm here with some of the amazing cast members from the new Disney TV series, Secrets of Sulphur Springs. Preston Oliver, who's known for Chicago Fire and This Is Us, plays Griffin Campbell. In addition to having to make new friends, Griffin must deal with the fact that his family has just moved into an abandoned hotel called the Tremont that has some very eerie secrets. Kylie Coran is known for Dr. Sleep and I Can, I Will, I Did. She helps Griffin in school and in his quest to find out the truth about the abandoned hotel and what happened there years ago. 
Elle Graham is known for Swamp Thing and The Walking Dead. She plays the mysterious Savannah who holds some haunting secrets from the past. Welcome Preston, Kylie, and Elle. Thanks so much for joining me today to talk about Disney Channel's new series, Secrets of Sulphur Springs. All right, so Preston, what was your reaction to being cast as Griffin, and how has it been like playing this character? Um, my reaction when I first got the call that uh, I got it, I figured out beforehand because in a few auditions before for the Griffin and Harper role and the Griffin and parents role, I was the only Griffin there for both of them. So I kind of got a hint. Yeah. And then once they announced it, I was still super happy. And then we went out to uh, Japanese and got some Japanese food to celebrate. Oh, that sounds good. I think everyone's going to enjoy watching you play him. What? I think everyone's going to enjoy watching you play Griffin. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. He's a a fun character. He's music loving, all that guitar stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kylie. Your character, Harper, is Griffin's new friend, and she excels at helping him when he needs it most. How do you relate with that aspect of your character? Um, I think that she always wants to help people. Um, she doesn't care who you are. Um, she always listens to both sides of your story. Um, I also think that she's really into art. Since she's really into art, I relate to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm into art, too. I definitely like that she's, like, kind. Mm -hmm. Um, Elle, can you describe Savannah and tell us if she's like you or different? Savannah is very similar to myself. She's bubbly. She's fun. She's a little bit crazy, and she's always up for an adventure, and I relate to that a lot. Yeah, same. I kind of see myself as a bubbly person, too. How do you, do you think you're different than her in some ways? Of course, there's some ways she can find herself in the trouble, and I try to stay away from trouble, but trouble finds itself to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Preston, Griffin really likes music. Is that something you can relate to as well? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of genres that I like to listen to, um, hip-hop, rap, uh Rock, I grew up, my dad loves rock. He's listening to it forever. So usually I wake up to my dad doing work outside and he's got the speakers going, blasting rock when we're cleaning up the house. He turns the TV on and blasts rock music. So I have a connection to rock and all that. Yeah, I like pop and country and I usually just blast the music when I'm like cleaning or something. Yeah. So, um, L. Yes. Your character Savannah disappeared 30 years ago. What was it like playing this character? Are there any special props or clothes that you used? Well, my clothes were a little bit more old-timey. So mm-hmm. that was, I mean, playing the character was absolutely amazing. I'm so blessed to play her because we're also a lot alike. It wasn't even like I was playing a character. I just got to be myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's always fun to just, like, play yourself. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about the new documentary, Some Kind of Heaven. Uh, and we, we're in the middle of hearing Carly's interview with Preston Oliver, Kylie Coran, and Elle Graham. Um, Kylie, in what ways does Harper's character develop in the season? Um, 
Do you see Harper go from someone who's a little bit headstrong to um, a full-on strategist? Um, I think we get to know her backstory a lot better as the season goes along, and we find out a lot about her that we didn't know um, in the beginning. Um, same for her family. Wow, that's really intriguing. I can't wait to find out more about her. So, Preston. Hello. Griffin and his family have moved into a supposedly haunted hotel. Is there any particular scene that you really enjoyed filming in the hotel that you can share with us? Oh, yeah. Uh, my th- it was my favorite scene throughout the whole thing. Um, it was the dinner scene where my whole family was just at the dinner table and we were eating and I was in like a bad mood. Um, but that scene was so fun because once they called cut, the food was actually really good. So I, I couldn't stop eating it. And we just had we just laughed so much. We kept cracking jokes. All of us, we were like trying to throw potatoes across the table and get into each other's mouths. It was just, it was so much fun. That, that was without a doubt my favorite scene. Yeah, I think everyone's going to like that scene, especially because the food. I love food, so. Yeah. And then when the, when the chandelier falls, if you look at. Oh, yeah. When you mm-hmm. look at John plays my dad, he has, like, the most hysterical, like, straight-faced. <laughs> like, all of us, like, kind of jump back, and he's just, like, sitting there, like. That must have been so funny. I don't even know, like, if I could keep a straight face. This is so funny. <laughs> so, Kylie. Are there ways in which your relationship with your real siblings are similar to Harper's relationship with her brother? Harper's always teasing Topher. Um, (laughs) That was my brother. (laughs) Uh, Harper's always teasing her siblings, and I do that a lot. Um, I'm very close with my siblings, so that's awesome. Um, She's very close with Topher as well, and I think um, they're always looking out for each other, which is awesome. Yeah, I like to tease my little brother, Daniel, and sometimes <laughs> my big sister, too. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that, too. Um, oh, what makes Secret of Sulphur Springs different from other kids' TV shows that air, and what do you think kids will like most about it? Well, uh, one is all the cliffhangers at the end of each episode. It makes you so intrigued and interested in what's going to happen next, and there, I think kids are really going to like that, like, really wanting to know what happens and it's different from other tv shows because it's a time traveling mystery and i haven't seen a lot of those on disney channel and it's more deep and scary than i've seen before yeah totally i i can't like anytime that there's a cliffhanger i just need to like binge it (laughs) i always want to know i can't wait i just need to know what happens so preston has there been any problems with like covid for filming and stuff not necessarily problems um when we were filming during covid times it was just a lot more difficult because you had to make sure your mask was on with uh, on when you're not filming and then you had to stay in your like glass box between cuts and stuff and just all these protocols that you had to follow and then while we were there my mom got covid so no yeah, so when we were there, uh, she said it just felt like she just got an easy symptom. It was, like, allergies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. But we had to get, like, separate hotel rooms with, like, the conjoining door. I loved it, though. I was on the other side just playing video games all day for two weeks. Yeah, I'm not so fun. That's what my brother does all the time. Yeah, we, we could have. Uh, we definitely could have gotten out earlier, finished filming earlier if she didn't catch COVID. But an extra two weeks wasn't too bad. Yeah, sounds fun. So thank you guys for talking with me today. I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to watch more. 
Oh, yeah, thank you. Yay, thank you so much. I'm Carly Spagnolo with Kids First. Thanks so much to Preston Oliver, Kylie Curran, Anna L. Graham for talking with me today about their new show, Secrets of Sulphur Springs. Disney's Secret of Sulphur Springs will premiere on the Disney Channel on January 15th, 2021. I'm Carly with Kids First. Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Color-Formed City. Meet Charlie. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about some kind of heaven, and also we heard on Bunked with various cast members. Next, we'll be hearing Dominic's interview with the person at the center of the documentary, Stallone, Frank, that is, Frank Stallone. Hi folks, I'm Dominic DeGravio reporting for Kids First. Today, I'm so excited to be speaking with Mr. Frank Stallone. Frank is a Hollywood star who has seen and done it all. He spent nearly five decades entertaining us with his amazing songs that have topped the music charts worldwide. He's a singer, songwriter, musician, and actor. Frank Stallone is a package deal. He's recently starring in a documentary about his life called Stone, Frank, that is. And he's here to answer some questions for us today. Welcome, Frank. Well, thank you, Dominic. Appreciate it. Here's my first question. Mm -hmm. Within your documentary, you highlight many setbacks you have experienced while in the industry. Mm -hmm. I, too, am an actor, and I know firsthand how challenging, how challenging this line of work can be. Can you tell us what was your main motivation and getting around all these obstacles? Well, you know, Dominic, I turned professional when I was 15 years old as a musician. So I was playing clubs and bars. And my aspiration, obviously, was to be, you know, the Beatles. 
you know, I mean, to be, be a rock star. I mean, I was never motivated by money. I was just motivated because of something I love to do. And then uh, gradually I, I, I got into the acting field. I did some acting classes and stuff like that. But after my uh, biggest success was staying alive, the acting roles came in. So I, I somewhat learned, I did go to acting class, but I somewhat learned on, on the job. And, uh, but I knew going into this, there were many, many setbacks. And even the most famous artists will always say, it's talent, but it's also a lot of luck. Yeah, it was a lot of luck being there at the right time, meeting the right people. So there's a lot of very, very talented people I've, I've seen over the many years that never really made it, but they're just as talented as anyone that is uh, worldwide famous. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I truly enjoyed watching your film, and I believe people will walk away from watching this documentary with a clear message. Can you share with us what you want people to take away from watching this film? I think, uh, Dominic, what people, I hope they take away is that perseverance. If you believe in yourself that you can compete at a world-class level, then you're in. But if you have self-doubts, you, sometimes you have to you know, think about other things. But if you can really, you have to believe in yourself because no matter how good you are, uh, rejection is part of the game, and, and, and that could be... Uh, a setback, but I think it, like like you said, you have a good support system with your mother and stuff, which keeps you grounded and keeps you okay. Well, it's like a football game. Okay, we blew this play totally. Get back in the huddle, reset, bang, go for it. And I think that's the kind of attitude you have to have. I mean, of course, we all get depressed, we all get you know discouraged because uh, well, Joe made it big and I was better than him in class or whatever. But you can't worry about it. You just got to do your own thing. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This documentary shows so many people who you've worked with over the years. Mm-hmm. Each, I'm sure, has a special place in your heart. Yes. But it's evident, watching this film, that, hold, that you hold a special bond with your childhood band, Valentine. Yes. What was it like for the band to come together again over this film? Well, uh, Dominic Valentine was interesting. I hadn't seen a lot of them in many, many years. But even my first group, the first uh, guys from 1965, so I really hadn't seen some of them uh, in 50 years, which was really a great surprise. <laughs> I know it sounds weird because you're a young guy, but it's like a half a century. And, uh, and I was very moved. I was very touched because that's where it started. I mean, you know, we, we could have done a lot of things with the movie nowadays, Frankie's Famous and stuff. But the fun stuff was the people that you started with when I was just a baby. How old are you? I'm 11. Okay, so I was only four years older than you. So when I started, so it was really nice to see people that I began with and, uh, and how they thought of me. And, and a lot of them were very complimentary, as you saw. And uh, that's what really made it wonderful. You know, for me to, you know, because they said, ah, we always thought Frank was a jerk, you know, but they were pretty nice. So that, that kind of went over pretty good. That meant a lot to me. And then the group Valentine, which I was together with for a long time. And, you know, I always enjoyed being in a band. I had, I had a lot of fun being in a band. That was a re- that's a really long time. Long was- time, man. Tell me about it. I think that the making of this documentary was brilliant. You've had so many milestones within your career. Mm-hmm. Is there any one milestone that you feel it's a true high point? Yes. I think, um, 
I mean, one milestone is like actually being involved in one of the great movies, Rocky, standing on the street corner, because we had absolutely no idea that it was going to go on to be this like famous, uh, famous picture. And then I would say the second thing is staying alive, because at that point, I had been a professional musician almost 18 years with so many setbacks and so many disappointments. And it felt like the first time that I was able to show what I could really do. And it was a blessing because I ended up with uh, nine songs in the movie. I mean, I, I was at that point, my career was kind of over obscure. And that year I was nominated for a Golden Globe and a Grammy. I was considered for an Academy Award. I got to travel all over the world. I had a great band. And, and I would say that was, that was uh, something that was pretty interesting because it, it, it really shouldn't have happened because, uh, you know, the Bee Gees were such a wonderful group and there was probably no chance I was going to get in, but I, but I did and, uh, and I was able to deliver. And I was, that was one of the high points of my, of my musical career, yes, in my you know, showbiz career. Your journey has certainly been amazing. Thank you so much, Frank, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to answer some questions for us. Well, Dominic, thank you and all the young youngsters out there that have aspirations to uh, follow their dream. And uh, and I want to thank you. And and hopefully you'll see you down the road. We'll see you on the screen, buddy. Stallone, Frank, that is, releases January 19th, 2021 on video on demand and digital, and digital screenings. This is an inspiring film you don't want to miss. This is Dominic DeGravio reporting for Kids First. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished hearing Dominic's interview with the subject of Stallone, Frank, that is, Frank Stallone. Next, we'll be talking with him about his thoughts on the film. So, Dominic, uh, what did you think of the movie? Well, I really didn't know what to expect before watching this film, because quite honestly, I really didn't know the true story behind Frank Stallone. But after watching this film, I was blown away by his accomplishments and I was so impressed by his path. I thought the film was really heartwarming and that you could understand that Frank Stallone had a tough journey. Can you talk a little bit about Frank Stallone and his story uh, as it pertains to the movie? Um, this, document, this documentary takes us on a journey into the life of a performer who was lived behind the shadows of his famous brother he proved there was room for another Stallone, and he wasn't going to be the underdog. And for those who are unaware, that other brother is uh, Rocky himself, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I had no idea there was another Stallone uh, uh, before looking up some stuff before this uh, radio show today. So, yeah, yeah well, definitely. He's known as the most um, unknown famous entertainer in Hollywood. Yeah, definitely caught me by surprise. Were there any moments in the film that um, made you want to sort of dive into Stallone's catalog, music, and, and movies, his work there? Um, when Frank was able to meet, when, when Frank was able to meet up with his childhood band, Valentine, um, it really, I really enjoyed seeing the relationships come together after, like, I think, um, 50 years, really. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine how great it was for like a band that I haven't seen each other in 50 years just to be seen in this film. Can you talk a little bit about some of the people they got to talk to in this movie? Because it's pretty impressive. You got Arnold Schwarzenegger. In the film, there was the brother mm -hmm. and 
around and the mother and aunt just talking about how he just loved music all the time and how he just he was always just playing his instruments singing it was really it was really um heartwarming and in what ways did you kind of relate to uh stallone's passion for music um the way i can relate to frank stallone is well i too am an actor and i know firsthand how challenging it is to make it big within the industry because the industry is really competitive Frank Stallone had many setbacks, but that didn't make him quit. He kept on working toward his dream, and he never gave up on that dream. Um, well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Uh, yeah, no, the interview with Frank Stallone was uh, really good, so congrats on yes. that. Um, can you give your age rating and star rating for Stallone? Frank, that is, please. I give Stallone, Frank, that is. Four out of five stars, and I recommend it to ages 12 to 18. And adults would especially love this film. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of films, DVDs, TV shows, music, apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the team section of the Huffington Post and check out our YouTube channel. Get there easily from our homepage at kidsfirst.org. The show is produced by a coalition for quality children's media for the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Color Forms City. Meet Charlie. I'm Benjamin Price. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.